And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to the Workout Wednesday podcast. Thank you so much again for making some time and hanging out with me. Uh, Hopefully, You're finding some things in this podcast that help you along, whatever your journey is, a fitness journey, a health journey. Uh, One of my biggest things, and I've talked about this before, is I don't sleep. And I know that out of all the things that you're supposed to do for a healthy lifestyle, uh, sleeping and drinking water are like two of the biggest things that you can possibly do. I did get myself to kind of a sleep schedule a couple weeks ago, and, and actually everything else in my life in terms of health and fitness got easier. I was waking up easier, which means I was having breakfast, which means I was showering for work, which means I was getting my workouts in earlier because I didn't go home and nap. Um, But recently in the past couple of weeks, it fell apart. And all of that came down crumbling with the fact that I wasn't falling asleep properly or, or sleeping at all really some days. So I've got someone on the podcast this week that's going to be able to kind of guide us through some ways to get to bed, to make sure you're you're setting yourself up for success, I guess, when it comes to sleeping, and uh, some natural ways to get to bed using some natural sleep aids that could help you out once you uh, get all the other factors out of the way and create kind of a good sleeping environment. Uh, so let me introduce someone who hopefully will help me fall asleep finally. Um, M.A. <laughs> Shunny, Dr. M.A. Shunny, I should say. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. What is your, your specialty? What is your, your world? So my specialty is women's health and hormone balancing. So that's probably about 80% of my practice. Um, That being said, I see both men and women for a variety of chronic and acute health issues. I also do a ton of digestive health 
work also kind of doing functional gastrointestinal disorders. But when you're dealing with a lot of hormone imbalance stuff, um, you are inevitably seeing a lot of sleep fatigue, anxiety, depression, metabolic okay. issues, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm in Santa Cruz, California. I've been in private practice here for, um, gosh, about 12 years. And I was in New York and Connecticut prior to that. The people in New York and Connecticut were probably way more strung out and stressful probably than people in California. Well, it was different. Let's okay. just say it was different. Um, you know, everybody's got their own their own strain True. of it, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I left New York because I can go just as fast as everybody there, and I knew it wasn't good for me. I wanted to be somewhere where um, the pace, the desired pace, was actually a little slower. As someone who has tried to get into a somewhat of a regular sleep pattern, but always struggles actually falling asleep. Like, do what are some of the biggest issues people have with just falling asleep and getting a good night's sleep? Yeah, well, I think that there's several. I mean, one is just, I mean, I know it sounds oversimplified, but going back to the basics of sleep hygiene, which is like, what what is your sleep world like? I mean, I do actually, when I see patients, take the time to coach them through things like, is it dark enough? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Is it too noisy? Like when was the last time you ate? How much alcohol did you drink? And when did you stop? Are you watching scary movies? Do you have your device in your bed with you? You know, I, I feel like the bedroom should be for sleep and sex. There should be no television. There should be no devices. There should be no food. And, you know, preferably there should be no animals or, you know, grown children anyway, right? I mean, it should really be a sacred space that makes it easy to sleep. So a lot of times we're talking about supplements I can take, herbs I can use, medicines I can yeah. use, and we haven't looked at any of that stuff. So, I mean, that's a big one right there. Wait, hold on. If I don't have my phone or any devices by me, how do I check Instagram the second I wake up? Exactly. <laughs> It forces you to have a little more time untethered, which I think is really important, which brings me to a second point, right, is that we are so tethered, whether it's to our devices and electronics or to our work or to the go, go, go of our lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think obviously there are medical conditions that can contribute to sleep problems, right? There's of course. sleep apneas, there's, you know, heart issues, there's um, neurologic issues, things like that. Um, hormonal issues for women is a big one also in particular. But I think for the vast majority of people that I see and, you know, your average Joe, the issue is that we just can't quite shut our brains off. Like we're so revved up from just our go, go, go lifestyle. And I think the biggest challenge for people to calm down and fall asleep is to and kind of calm down their mind, which will then let their body come down and get to that place where we can rest, right? If we think about the yeah. nervous system, you've got the sympathetic nervous system, which is in charge of fight or flight, which keeps us adapting and moving and kind of ready for whatever the world throws at us. And, you know, and it's opposite. It's, it's yin to that yang is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is when we rest and digest and recuperate and grow new cells and all that good stuff. And if you're in sympathetic overdrive all the time, parasympathetic just loses, loses all the attention, loses, mm -hmm. loses the spotlight. And if that's kind of where you're at, then sleep's going to suffer, digestion's going to suffer, you know, your immune system's yeah. going to suffer. You're going to be like, why do I all, like overnight I look older and my hair's drier? And that's because you're, you got too much sympathetic overdrive going on. And, and, you know, for the context of this conversation, sleep is a really good signal that something's wrong in that department. Well, you mentioned kind of your, your sleeping habitat, if you will, kind of what your mm -hmm. bedroom is set up like. Mm -hmm. What are some of the 
the basics that people can say, all right, I'm going to go home today. I'm going to go into my bedroom right now and I'm going to clear out these things. I'm going to make sure my bedroom has some of these core environmental properties. Yeah. So obviously, you know, anything that's plugged in besides a light and a, and an alarm clock <laughs> mm-hmm. would preferably go. Okay. Um, it, you know, but I think part of it is, is really looking at uh, light, noise, and temperature. Those three things. Light, are noise, and temperature? Important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, I used to live in New York. I know you did too. Yeah. Um, and the body is incredibly adaptive. I remember moving into an apartment, which was fantastic. We didn't know until we moved in that there was a bus stop right underneath the bedroom window. Ooh. Right. So every hour on the hour, doo, 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 doo. I mean, it was it was nuts. And yeah. I cried for two days. Um, <laughs> and then along with the help of some earplugs and a white noise machine and my body's own, thankfully, uh, great ability to adapt, I was able to manage that. But, you know, if you've got that kind of noise disruption, um, particularly in the early morning hours when your sleep can be really tenuous and easy to interrupt, um, don't be afraid of earplugs. Don't be afraid of okay. white noise machines. These things can really help. If the light is a problem for you, there's a, a plethora of mask options available, not to mention blackout shades, things like that. And then temperature, too hot, too cold. You really do want it to be just right. And if that means using a fan, if that means um, you know getting some air in there, if that means usually, – usually it's that it's too hot, not that it's too cold. Gotcha. So let's say – you, you block out some of the noise, whether it's earplugs or a white noise machine, which, by the way, I got a um, recently got this Philips like alarm clock thing. It's one of those like mm-hmm. natural light, probably overpaid for it, but um, it has this like ocean sound to put you to sleep at night. And it actually has been helping. Oh, that's great. Good for um, you. So let's say you, you create this environment, right? You have the earplugs, blackout shades, the temperature is just right, <laughs> and you still can't fall asleep. Right. Oh no! Yeah, then you then you can feel really good about the fact that you've set the stage. Okay. And now you can look at what might make the most sense to add. So again, you know, as a doctor, I have to put this caveat out there, which is that you know, if your difficulties with sleeping have been persistent, lasting more than let's just throw two or three weeks out there, and um, and and if it's if you're getting less than five hours of sleep a night during this time, I would absolutely advise you to see a doctor and just make sure that something else isn't going on. So let's just say that right there. Um, Now, the bummer about going to see your doctor is that most of the time there won't be something else going on and they'll end up giving you a sleeping pill. And I would really encourage you to try some of these other things I'm about to talk about before you take sleeping pills because... Um, they are addicted, addictive, they have some nasty side effects, and the quality of the sleep that you get on them while you might be sedated and knocked out, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a difference between getting restful sleep and, you know, being unconscious, right? <laughs> if someone punched me in the face and knocked me out, I'm assuming that's not great rest. No, uh-uh. <laughs> like, like that, that shouldn't be your option D. Like if this herb doesn't work, I'm just going to have my buddy knock me in the head. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, so, you know, you want to think about things. So, all right, what is it for me about sleep? Is it that I, um, I can't quiet my brain down? Is it that I'm anxious? Is it, um, you know, kind of well, guessing. And I'm guessing that most people listening are thinking it's, it's the, I can't, sure my, I can't shut my brain Oh, absolutely. Off. I mean, when I, the second I put my head down to go to sleep every night, I either automatically start thinking about the things I didn't get done that day yeah, or yeah. all the things I need to get done in the next three days. Life is really, it's like, it's really just this carousel, right? You just like stop, stop it. I want to get off kind of yeah. thing. Like it just doesn't slow down. So, you know, 
I have used over the years, I've been in practice almost 17 years, there's classes of herbs to support the nervous system to calm down. You may have heard of some of these, you know, things like valerian, passionflower, skullcap, hops, chamomile, peppermint. I mean, these things all just have very gentle calming effects. If you go out and buy nighttime herbal tea mm-hmm. or those kind of things, they're all in there. They're the usual suspects. A lot of people do really well with valerian. Um, you know, these are kind of gentle things that I would often recommend for people. Um, if people have a lot of revved up anxiety, um, traditionally, I would go more towards things like kava kava or um, California poppy, um, just a little heavier hitters. Um, but I have to tell you that my practice has been really transformed in the last two years since I started using um, CBD, which is cannabidiol, which is a non-psychoactive cannabinoid from the cannabis plant. Um, and I use hemp-derived CBD products. And I have found that it has um, maximized my ability to help people uh, fall asleep, get good rest, um, kind of create more stress resilience, lower anxiety, et cetera, um, and to do it faster um, than any of those other really wonderful traditional modalities I just mentioned. So okay. it's been my go-to for the last about two years. So what do you – because I have this list of things that you we're going to talk about, obviously. Um, some of them I've never heard of. Some of them I wouldn't even know where to go about acquiring them. Yeah. How much is a, a good amount? Like, what do you do? Do you? So what we should what we should talk about then is something called the endocannabinoid system. Okay. So this is a physiologic system of your body, like your digestive system, like your you know, like your uh, cardiovascular system, your nervous system. This is one of the key physiologic systems um, that we didn't even know about until the 1990s. So we actually have something called an endocannabinoid system. It is made up of cannabinoid-like compounds that we make ourselves. So endo stands for endogenous, meaning the body produces it. So endocannabinoids, we have enzymes that produce those endocannabinoids and break them down. And then we have cannabinoid receptors in every organ system of our body. So this endocannabinoid system, is its main job is balance and to keep us functioning optimally while adapting to change. And because those receptors are everywhere in our body, and because the major job of that system is to keep us balanced, we see a huge myriad of effects on every system of the body when our endocannabinoid system is out of balance. So what puts our endocannabinoid system out of balance? Well, it's going to be our standard American diet, the fact that we tend to be overweight, we have high circulating levels of inflammatory chemicals, we're stressed out. So CBD, cannabidiol, which is a cannabinoid derived from a plant as opposed to one that we make, right? Mm, yeah. It can come in, it can, it can help support and balance this system. So the reason I backed up to tell you that when you asked how much CBD you need yeah. is because how much CBD do you need versus how much I need okay. could be really different based on what's happening with my endocannabinoid system. Okay, that makes, I mean, that makes sense. So what do you do? So what I do is I start really low with people. So I might start three to six milligrams of CBD. Um, again, I don't use a CBD that's all by itself, just isolated there in some oil. I use CBD in, the, in a hemp extract. 
Um, so basically, I'm getting all the other constituents that are in that plant, so which are, and I know a lot of these are biochemical terms that people may or may not know, but other cannabinoids and terpenes, which have some of their own um, anti-anxiety effects, and flavonoids, which are antioxidants, and you know, lots of other stuff in there, and the CBD. So I might start with three to six milligrams, something like that, of CBD um, in a whole hemp extract. And then I give people instructions for how to slowly and gradually kind of work their way up until they find their right dose. Okay. I can tell you from looking at data in my practice over the last two years that I have some people whose sleep has been fully restored with three milligrams, and I have people who need 50 or 60 milligrams to sleep well. So there really is a very big difference. The good news is this stuff is super, super safe, so you really do have a lot of room to experiment and find your right dose. And now is that something that you end up doing like every night before you go to bed? Do you wean off of it at some point? How does What's that How's process? Yeah, so a lot of it depends on, like, so you were saying that a real challenge for you is falling asleep, and mm-hmm. some people have issues with sleep onset, some people have issues staying asleep, some people wake up early. So the good news with this particular ingredient is that it works quite quickly. So within 10 to 15 minutes, you can kind of get a handle on what that dose did for you if you're using um, the liquid form. If you're swallowing capsules, it can take up to 45 minutes. Okay. So when we're starting, a lot of times I start with the liquid so that people can be like, all right, I've been laying here for 20 minutes. I'm going to take a little more. Gotcha. Um, and I want to go to bed now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And likewise, if you're, if you're up and it's like 3 in the morning and it's like the lights just went on, right? I'm sure you have a few people listening who experience that. I'm sure. You can keep it right next to your bed. You can, you can take a little bit then, too. And so the idea is kind of finding, you know, the, the sweet spot. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you, usually when I get the right dose for people at bedtime, they will stop waking up in the middle of the night or they will wake up less frequently. And if they do wake up, they can get back to sleep without a problem. Um, occasionally, we do need a, a middle-of-the-night dosing, too. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I definitely have, I've definitely woken up in the middle of the night if there's like a – ambulance or a, a police totally. car going right outside my apartment. And then you can't get back to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> so if you have something there, you're like, all right, I'm going to give myself like 10 minutes. And if nothing's happening, I'm just going to take a little bit. And usually within 10 to 15 minutes, you can feel your body just kind of drifting back because part of what it does, right, is that um, when your endocannabinoid system is balanced, it actually keeps your stress response nice and low. So, when you take this on a regular basis and you start to develop more endocannabinoid tone, that ambulance, instead of sending you through the roof, yeah. which you then takes an hour to get back from, you might just kind of spike up a little bit as your body wakes up and goes, oh, okay, I'm not in danger, and then you can get back more easy. So over time, instead of needing more or relying on this forever, over time, you're going to create more endocannabinoid balance, more tone, and you're actually going to find that you start to need it less, and you start to be able to use it on an as-needed basis. So, I mean, this is what we want from yeah. all the stuff we take, right? So um, to be actually seeing that clinically in my practice is very cool. Okay, now let's say I'm taking a, uh, an overnight flight, a red-eye flight from Seattle back to New York to go see some of my family. Is that yeah. something that I can like pop in a couple milligrams and just pass out on the plane? Do I have to worry about it when I wake up? Do I have to worry about like sleepwalking or any other crazy things that go on? <laughs> yeah, like when you take half an Ambien yeah, and then exactly. you arrive and they literally have to drag you off the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you don't have to worry about any of that. If you take, you have to watch how much you take based on the time, right? So, I mean, I even see for myself, I use it personally and, you know, 
my system adapts, right? So part of the way that I often know that it's time to reduce my dose is that I wake up in the morning and I've literally got to shake my head for a second because I'm groggy. Okay. And I go, all right, I don't need quite that much at night. So that's the worst thing that's going to happen if you use it on a plane like that, is that you just might have to shake your head for a minute. But you're not going to be disoriented like if you took a sleep medication. Um, and then depending, you know, sometimes for me, not so much cross-country or like a red eye, I would just do the CBD. Um but uh, like if you were going to Europe or something like yeah. that or just traveling further, I would do CBD with melatonin. And I find that to be a really nice combination for those longer trips. How do I get my hands on any of that stuff? So if you live in a place, so there's a couple different ways, right? If you live in a place um, where you can get medical or recreational cannabis, mm -hmm. you can go into a dispensary and you can ask for a high CBD, low THC product. Okay. Right? Um, and, you know, I would encourage you to move away from isolates and look for CBD that's in a whole plant extract. Now, my bias is to use a hemp-derived CBD product, um, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the great, um, the, you know, the great thing about the hemp-derived uh, CBD is that it's a, it, they're federally lawful because it's, it's a hemp product. Okay. So it's federally lawful. It's in health food stores. It's in over 1,700 health food stores across the country, um, and you can get it online. So you know, the brand that I like is called Plus CBD Oil. So if you go to www.pluscbdoil.com, um, you, you can get it, and it's shipped to all 50 states. So it's not something um, you don't like have to worry about, like, the weed laws or whatever in your state? No, because hemp yeah. is federally lawful. Perfect. So if you were getting it from a dispensary, you would. There's a couple other benefits to hemp that I just want to mention. Go for it. One is that if, what you're not, if you're not interested in THC, and THC has certainly recreational benefits and has medical benefits as well. But if you're not so interested in THC, when you get into a dispensary, it can be really hard to tell exactly how much THC is in a product. It depends on the okay. state, the labeling, blah, blah, blah. If you're getting a hemp product, you know that there is less than 0.3% THC in that product. So you know um, that by the virtue of the fact that it's called hemp, there's not going to be enough THC in there to give you any kind of altering effect. Okay. Um, Second, when you're using a hemp product, um, you know that particularly if you're using what I would call like a gold tier supplement line, um, they'll be transparent about their sourcing. You'll be able to see if any chemical pesticides or fertilizers were used. You'll be able to see third-party testing that looks at um, solvents, pesticides, heavy metals, mold, oh, wow. all that stuff. Um, and that's really important to me. You go into a dispensary, I mean, the industry at this point is not regulated yet. So yeah. you don't know what chemicals you're getting exposed to. You don't know what's in that stuff. And I, that could be problematic for people. And obviously we're trying to keep it natural. That's the whole point of finding right. five natural <laughs> sleep aids. Um, but some of the other stuff you have on this list that you sent over, yeah. A, I don't even know what it is. B, I wouldn't even know where to look for it. So... What I'm looking at on here, you mentioned it actually earlier, was uh, Kava Kava. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that is. Am I dumb, for not, knowing, am I dumb for not knowing what that is? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Kava Kava is a fantastic herb. Um, it has a long, you can get it in the health food store. You can get it in capsules. You can get it in tincture. You can find it in teas. 
Um, it is, uh, it's, has uh, many centuries of traditional use, particularly um, used ceremoniously by the islanders of, of Fiji and other places like that. And basically they prepare it in a certain way and they drink it and it brings on this incredible calm and relaxation, tranquility, and, and for some people even can border on euphoric. Um, the way it exists kind of in Western herbal medicine as we have access yeah. to it is that it's really, it's fantastic for anxiety. Um, and it's been quite well studied as well. So there's even some literature that suggests that it is as effective, if not more effective, than a lot of the anti-anxiety medications oh, wow. that people are offered without there being uh, any kind of, uh, you know, addictive aspect to it. So um, kava is fantastic when it comes to anxiety. It can be a great uh, intervention. Although, you know, if I'm completely honest, I've really, I use more CBD than kava for anxiety these days. And, and I think the results are even faster okay. and, and better. Um, but, but that's where kava is. And, um, you know, a lot of this stuff um, people use in combination, you know, together, people kind of find the right blend for themselves. So, you know, we're all a little different. Okay, then uh, there was one, 5-HTP. Mm-hmm. What is that? Because it, so like, it sounds like I'm going on a website. 5-HTP <laughs> is 5-hydroxytryptophan, and it is an amino acid-based product, tryptophan. L-tryptophan, which is what it's derived from, is an amino acid, and L-tryptophan can turn into 5-HTP. Isn't that what's in turkey? Yes. Oh, okay, that, that's mm-hmm. what I've heard it. Okay. And 5-HTP can turn into serotonin. So you might think about serotonin in regards to mood, and uh, 5-HTP is often used for mood, but um, you need enough serotonin to be able to make enough melatonin, and adequate melatonin is extremely important for sleep cycles as well. So if you're, you know, if you're somebody who's having sleep issues and is also having mood issues, particularly depression, um, using some 5-HTP at bedtime can often kind of, you know, help on both fronts. Okay. Uh, that seems simple enough. And that's something I can just get in a capsule form at exactly. a health food store or what yep. else? Where else can I get that? Yeah, health food store online. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Easy um, to find. And then the other thing that I don't know, didn't know existed before you sent over this list was Nervine. Which sounds actually pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, so Nervine or Nervine, potato, potato. Okay. Um, it's a class of herbs. I kind of mentioned them in the beginning, actually. Yeah. It's, a, it's a class of herbs. Um, you know, so there are different classes of herbs. You've got Nervines, which support the nervous system. You've got adaptogens, which help you kind of balance and adapt to stress, right? Um, you've got, uh, you know, demulsants, which help soothe things um, like you would use for your throat. So there's different kinds of classes of herbs, right? And so nervines uh, support the nervous system. So, and and usually for most people, what that means is calms the nervous system. So that's your valerian, your passion flower, your skullcap, your chamomile. Nervines um, are very tonifying. So they're kind of supporting your body's natural function. They're generally considered to be very safe safe for children. A lot of them are even safe in pregnancy. So it's just, it's a very calming, nurturing uh, class of herbs. And, you know, if you've got some really serious um, intractable issues, though, the nervines are often not going to be strong enough to knock it back. Okay. And that's another thing that's just a health food store type of thing? Yep, absolutely. And like I mentioned, if you look for some of those nighty night herbal teas that so many of us love, myself included, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are filled with nervines. Okay. And then there is something I did know that was on this list, uh, cinnamon and holy basil. 
So another issue why some people wake in the middle of the night, for example, usually it's a it's a it's a wake up thing as opposed to a falling asleep thing, is because um, their blood sugar drops in the middle of the night, and in a response to that blood sugar dropping. And why would your blood sugar drop in the middle of the night? I mean, assuming that you're not sick um, or diabetic, yeah. it would drop in the middle of the night because. You ate too much before bed that had to, you know, you had a pint of ice cream, um, you gotcha. drank three bottles of wine or maybe three glasses or, you know, whatever. <laughs> we all have our limits. Yeah. <laughs> three, three bottles. That's a big night. That's a lot, um, of, that's a lot of wine. Just for me. But, you know, whatever <laughs> happens is that so your blood sugar spikes up because of that ice cream or that wine, right? And then in the middle of the night when you're supposed to be sound asleep, it knocks you way down. Well, your body knows your blood sugar is not supposed to be super low. So one of the ways that it tries to bring that blood sugar up is that your cortisol comes up, right? So your cortisol comes up and that will wake you up because cortisol is your major stress hormone. So, you know, one thing we talk about with people is really limiting the sugar and the refined carbohydrates that people are having close to bedtime, Um, maybe getting rid of dessert, maybe if you really need a snack before bed, have it be more protein-based, although, frankly, I would just as soon tell most people to really avoid having dinner's fine. Leave it at dinner. Just leave it. Um, How long, long, and I've I've seen different, like, studies on this, but if you were to say, all right, stop eating this many hours or this many minutes before bed, is there, like, a a kind of standard that people should hold themselves to? I think most data supports two to three hours before bed is just best from a digestive perspective. I I sleep and go right to bed, which probably isn't great for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do. I mean, I have people who get home from work at 8, 9 o'clock. I mean, people, you know, so you got to do the best you can with your lifestyle. I mean, obviously, if you do eat late at night and you eat before bed, um, I, I would really suggest that that be one of your lighter meals, that you would have, you know, one of your bigger, heavier, more nutrient-dense meals be earlier in the day. And then obviously don't go to bed hungry, give yourself something to eat, um, but have it be lighter. So your body's not spending the whole night working on managing that, See, right? It's so, it's so misleading, too, because, and you probably feel this, too, you go out for a big meal, maybe get like a big pasta dish or something, and you automatically want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, mm-hmm. so it almost in your head works in reverse, even though you are tired and stuff, it's just not going to give you a great sleep. So you don't want to do that right before you go to bed. It's totally true. I, I, you know, and just, I know this is uh, not exactly in line with our conversation, but I would say that if you feel really tired after a meal, that's your body giving you some very direct information about that meal. You know, one is, did I eat too much? How much did I eat? Mm -hmm. And number two is what was the ratio of protein to carbohydrates in that meal. Um, What most people experience is that when they overeat, they feel tired. When they eat a good amount, they don't. And secondly, most people find that when they eat a meal that has good balance, and of course the pasta made me think of this, good balance of protein and carbs, they don't feel as zonked out. Whereas if they eat a lot of carbs, they feel more zonked out. It's the same thing we were just talking about. It's like your blood sugar goes up because carbs break down into sugar super fast and then it knocks you right down on your butt and drops your sugar low and then you feel tired, right? So obviously, you know, looking at if there's a component of that to your issue is important. And then there are supplements that you can take um, which can help to balance your blood sugar also. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be supplementing on top of eating a pint of ice cream every night. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, so things like uh, cinnamon, things like um, holy basil, which is an Ayurvedic herb, which also happens to be great for the stress response, um, you know, things like uh, berberine and bitter melon. I mean, there's a whole host um, of herbal and supplemental formulations that you can use to help if blood sugar balance is an issue. Um, so, you know, there's like there's testing I would do in the office to try to figure out if there was a blood sugar issue before I went that route. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's worth looking at in, in response to trying to create your best night's sleep. Like, am, am I sabotaging this, um, by virtue of keeping my blood sugar really fluctuating? Mm-hmm. Well, I like the, what I love about this conversation is it's about using, obviously these are all going to end up being sleep aids in some capacity, but they're not masking an issue. They're hopefully getting to the root of an issue and helping everyone find out what their issues are. Yeah. And then from there, once you start attacking those issues, let's say you're using the the cinnamon to regulate a little bit of blood sugar or whatever, you can then say, all right, instead of leaning on this cinnamon every night or this holy basil every night, let me try to change my diet at least before I go to bed. You know, yeah. and if it's using any any of the other things we've talked about, it's let me figure out what the root of the problem is. I'll use whatever this supplement is, this uh, sleep aid to tackle that issue now as I try to develop better habits so that I don't need them. Exactly. And that's really the beauty of integrative medicine or holistic medicine, right? Is that Mm. when it's being done properly, um, we are not just treating symptoms. We are actually getting at the, getting at the cause. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, if somebody, if you could just treat somebody with diet and lifestyle, that would be fantastic. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is once you get into clinical practice, no matter how naive I was coming out of naturopathic school, you know, I got in there and it's like, you know what, these people need to be meditating and going to the gym and making more food and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they don't have the energy, the motivation, the focus to do any of this right now. So what can I do for them to kind of help them get some of those things so that then they can move into all of those dietary and lifestyle components and then they need less of the supplementation. I mean, when you're when you're in a realm of medicine where your major tool is a pharmaceutical prescription, pharmaceuticals are meant to treat symptoms. They do nothing yeah. to get at the cause. And of course, our conventional docs, as well-meaning as they may be, they have 10 minutes with the patient yep. and they don't have time to talk about diet and lifestyle and cause or connect with you and listen. It's terrible. And most of them would tell you it's terrible as well. So this kind of medicine really affords you the ability to, to make, make some real change and gives you, you know, the, the empowerment to kind of, you know, figure it out and, and do it on your own and change things on yeah. your own. And it's always obviously, no matter what your issue is, it's always good to talk to a professional first, like yourself. Um, For sure. And then look, just to make sure there isn't anything glaring that you're, you're missing. Right. Um, but it's also great to just do the research and figure out what you could do on your own without a, yeah. you know, shoving chemicals in your body. To, totally. to fix whatever issue you have going on. And it's a lot of it, I mean, you probably say this to your clients a lot, a lot of this stuff that we deal with is self-inflicted to a degree. It is. And, you know, you have to be careful the way you say that, right? Because the last thing you want to do is kind of make somebody feel guilty or, you know, that you're responsible for being sick. I mean, it's one thing if you can't sleep, right? It's another yeah. thing if you've got cancer or an autoimmune of course. illness. Yeah, yeah. You never want to say that. But at the same time, though, I mean, there is, a, there is a, a nuanced way to say, you know, here are the things that you're doing on a regular basis which are impacting your condition. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and really encouraging them to say, okay, what, what two of these can we bite off first? Yeah. What can you do? Um, because, again, the way conventional care is kind of existing um, for people right now, it's just like it, it's, not, it's not sharing this, this health journey p- between patients and doctors. It's just like, okay, this is the doctor. Here's what you do. If you don't do it that way, then I've got nothing else for you. Next. It's not all doctors' faults either. It's the fact that no. a lot of people just want a quick answer. They just want, all right, what do I take to fix this problem so I can keep doing everything exactly the same? Yeah, that's an interesting point. But doing everything exactly the same is what got you there to a degree in the first place. It's not, I mean, there are obviously bigger issues at play, but are you helping yourself? I think is the biggest question you can ask yourself. You're you're totally right. I mean, I always go back to the system and how broken it is, but you are right. We have all been well-trained and we've been indoctrinated that, you know, just the purple, little purple pill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I believe me, I've sat in many patient visits and just said, okay, tell me what you're willing to do right now. Yeah. Because I can't make you do anything. Well, I mean, this is, and this is at its core kind of a, a fitness podcast, or that's at least what it started as. And I mean, there yeah. are, there's a whole industry out there of people who don't want to actually change their diet or work out, but still want to be fit. It's that right. quick, it's that quick fix that everyone's searching for. And when you get to where you are at that point in life, but let's say you're you're extremely overweight or something. Yeah, there are genetic factors that go into that and, and whatnot, but it took you years to get to that point. It's not going to take you five days to get back to where you want to go. Yeah, like if I buy that thing and I strap it around my middle and yeah. then it submits these little electronic impulses exactly. and then I'm going to have a six-pack? Exactly. It sounds great. It sounds fantastic. Well, doctor, yeah. thank you <laughs> so, so much for uh, for hanging out. I'm going to try at least some of the things we've talked about to maybe get some sleep at some point in my life. Excellent. Let me know how it goes. And if any of your listeners want to know more about CBD, um, I would highly recommend pluscbdoil.com. And if you end up placing an order, I believe that if you put radio 15, so radio 15 into the promotion code, it's 15% off uh, any order if you want to give any of that a try. And I am at www.drshunny.com, so D-R-S-H-U-N-N-E-Y.com. And I've got lots of podcasts and videos and blogs and all kinds of fun stuff up there for people to check out for free if they're interested. Well, doctor, hopefully I know you have a lot of other things that you do outside of, you know, talking about sleep. Maybe I'll have you on again. I'd love to. You're awesome to talk to. So thank you so much for hanging out. It'd be my pleasure. Thank you. So hopefully you can take something from this podcast and use it tonight, whether it's making sure the temperature in your bedroom is good or making sure, you know, any of those other surrounding things. I know it's going to be difficult for definitely me and most people is, you know, turning your phones off or keeping your phones and your devices away from your bed. I've read articles where you're not supposed to look at your phone screen like an hour before you go to bed, which I know for a lot of people, and I'm I'm part of this, this group, that's hard to do, especially when you're checking emails right before you go to bed, seeing what you have coming up, or you're scrolling through Instagram or trying to look for someone on Bumble or Tinder. Uh, But that'll be my goal for the week. So Pick something from this podcast. Pick one of these healthy sleep habits. Try to implement it in your week. And hopefully by this time next week, you're sleeping a little better. Uh, Those natural sleep remedies, give one a try if you want. I'm thinking about trying the CBD oil myself. I mean, if you're anything like me, sleeping is like one of the hardest things and one of the most disruptive things of your day. And it shouldn't be. It should be the time that you're, you're resting and we're all kind of recovering from whatever else we've done for this fitness or health journey that we're on. Uh, Next week, I'm going to have a really close friend of mine on the podcast. 
She is a dermatology physician's assistant. So it's going to be a little bit of a different podcast where we find out what we should do to kind of look like we're healthy at least. Because, you know, being on this journey is great, but if you look like you're 87 years old when you're really 40, that's probably not a great thing for you. So uh, we're going to learn about that. If you have questions, always email mydayfridayshow at gmail or hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat. I don't really check it that often. Facebook, at Worst Anthony on all of that stuff. Thank you so much for making time for the Workout Wednesday podcast. Good luck on your journey. And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Turns out, a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.